Welcome to the Real Refreshment Podcast. Join us as we dive into motherhood at the foot of the throne with your host, Rachel Carmen. If you are tired, overwhelmed, and feeling alone, this is the place for you. A place for real moms with real stories, seeking real refreshment found only in the living God. You can visit rachelcarmen.com to join her online community of moms who are taking the dare to be in the word themselves as a top priority in the journey of motherhood. While you're there, be sure to sign up for updates, and you will also receive a free gift from Rachel when you sign up. All right, let's kick off this latest episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Here's your host, Rachel Carmen. Hello, I'm back again, and it's time for part two of our study of John the Baptist. So last time we looked at his faith and his dedication. He knew exactly why he was here before he was born. The angel Gabriel came to his father and proclaimed and told him exactly what his name was going to be, what he wasn't supposed to do, and what he was supposed to do. And then you remember that we looked at the prophecy given to Zechariah, his father, and also to the praise that Zechariah gives to God after John is born. And so this day we want to look at, in this part of our study today, we want to look at John the Baptist's faith and humility. It is remarkable to me that such a strong, confident man of God, very clear in what his call was, very focused on what he was supposed to do, was remarkably humble. And I say this because all too often that kind of confidence, that kind of fire and passion is not very often accompanied by humility. And so we see this here in the life of John the Baptist, and it is something really beautiful and incredibly powerful. He knew exactly what his role was. He fulfilled it in incredible ways, very poignantly. And next time we're going to look at his boldness. But I really want to settle here today on his humility. There's several different instances I want to look at. Other people were asking him about it. So he wasn't just Faking it, he was actually intentionally, I believe, humble time after time after time after time. So we're going to look at a few of those instances today of John the Baptist's incredible humility, his faithful humility. So he boldly proclaims in our passage, our Eminem passage for this month, he boldly proclaims, I am not the Christ. And so let's look at this. It's picking up in chapter 1, verse 19. It says, This is the testimony of John when the Jews sent to him priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? Okay, just backing up a little bit, you remember that I said last time, John went out to the wilderness, right? He's in the wilderness and he's in camel skin and he's eating locusts and wild honey. And the spiritual and religious leaders, they know Isaiah. They know the prophecy of a forerunner. They know someone's coming in the spirit of Elijah to prepare a way. That was all in Old Testament prophecy, right? That was part of the hope message that is in the book of Isaiah. After all of the prophecy of ever, all the judgment that was going to happen to God's people because of their disobedience, then beginning in chapter 40 of Isaiah, there's this message of hope. And Isaiah lays out that there is a forerunner coming. And so the religious leaders knew knew what to look for, right? 
And so here you've got John in the wilderness proclaiming the same message of the Old Testament prophets. So what were the Old Testament's prophets? What was their message? Thus saith the Lord, repent, repent. That was the Old Testament prophets message. And I've heard it argued that John was the last of the Old Testament prophets. His message is the same. He's in the wilderness, message of repentance, and that cues all of the religious leaders. They're like, huh. And so they send out to the wilderness to ask John, who are you? And so, uh, and he confessed to them, he said, and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. So you have to understand, I believe a lesser man might have gone, you know, they're not going to know the difference, right? But not John, not John. John, it says, he confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. They asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. Then they said to him, who are you? So that we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And he said, here we go. Notice how laser focused John the Baptist is. John the Baptist said, I am a voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord, as the Isaiah the prophet has said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees, and they asked him and said to him, Why then are you baptizing if you are not the Christ, or Elijah, or the prophet? And John answered them, I baptize in water, but among you stands one whom you do not know. It is he who comes after me the thong of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany, beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. Did you hear it? I am not the Christ, he declares. I am not the Christ. And then he goes on to say, there is one who stands among you. He's the one. And I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. Do you see the humility here with John? He's got masses of people, crowds coming out to him. And they're saying, who are you? Who are you? Look, in our culture today, that's the thing. We've got a whole culture of people so intent on creating their own platform, right? We've got a selfie culture that's all about us. And John was not. And it's easy for us to say, well, hey, we didn't have an iPhone. He didn't even know. Look, the idea of being egocentric and all about yourself is not new, and it wasn't introduced by the iPhone. This has been around forever. The temptation to be all about self is not anything new. We've just got new ways to display it, right? But it's not anything new. And here, they come to John, and they ask him, who are you? And he says, I'm not him. I'm not him. He's here, and I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. I'm just the one to prepare the way for him. I'm just going before him. So this whole passage here when it says, make way, right? So this is the idea of someone who goes before the entourage of royalty and makes sure that there's nothing in the way. There's no bumpy places. There's no holes that need to be filled in to smooth the path, to make a way, and figuratively, John the Baptist's role was to make ready a people for the Lord. So it wasn't just a road that he had to smooth. That's not, it was the hearts and the minds of the people. John's job was to go before Jesus, to prepare them 
for him, right? With a message of repentance so that the Redeemer could come. That was the whole point. He was to go before Jesus and he was very clear, I'm not him. I'm not him. I'm not him. If he's here and I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. Because understand, untying someone's sandals means you're getting down. You're getting down. And John's basically saying, you know, I, I can't get down far enough. He is so worthy. He is so worthy. Rachel Carmen has spoken across the country and around the world to moms about their struggles, successes, fears, and faith. They consistently share three things that zap joy and threaten the hope of moms today. They are overwhelmed, exhausted, and lonely. They want support and practical tools. They want to feel connected. What we have done is put together a community of like-minded moms to accomplish just that. Rachel, a homeschooling mom of seven, knows what the pit of despair is. She relates to the feeling of being overwhelmed, lacking in time in the word. And today, she wants to meet you right where you are. The truth is, you were not meant to do this alone. In the community, Real Refreshment, she will help you learn how to get done what needs to get done, how to study God's word during your season of motherhood, how to make the most of the time given, and how to do it in fellowship with other moms just like you. Moms, we need each other now more than ever. Visit rachelcarmen.com and join the community today. Let's pick up now and see another illustration of John's humility. Look at verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John recognized him. John recognized him. And he said, look. John didn't say, look at me. John said, didn't say, don't look at him. John wasn't trying to call attention to himself, right? John called attention to him. Remember, we talked yesterday about his role was to prepare and to point. To prepare and to point. To prepare with a message of repent and to point to Jesus. That was his job. And here we see him fulfilling that role, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Sin, singular, meaning whole, all of the sin. Not just individual sins, but sin itself. Jesus came to take away the sin of the world. John says, behold, behold. This is he on behalf of whom I said, after me, comes a man who is higher rank than I, for he existed before me. So get all of this. John is saying, this is the Lamb of God. This is the Lamb of God. So that would, to them, call up ideas of the Passover Lamb. And John is saying, yeah, like this is the Passover Lamb. This is the perfect Lamb of God. This, this is him. And then he goes on to say he existed before me, pointing to his eternal nature, right? His deity. So John's saying a lot right here. He existed uh, before me. I did not recognize him, but so that he might be manifested to Israel, I came baptizing in water. John testified saying, I have seen the spirit descending as a dove out of heaven 
and remained upon him. I did not recognize him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon he upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining upon him, this is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. I myself have seen and testified that this, this Lamb of God, he is the Son of God. Wow. Wow. John the Baptist, you'll remember, actually baptized Jesus. When Jesus comes to him, he baptizes him. In this beautiful moment of Jesus' baptism, we have Trinity. We have Trinity. We have the Son being baptized. We have the Holy Spirit descending as a dove. And we have the voice of the Father speaking. And apparently, in this passage, John the Baptist says that he had been told, we don't know how, and we don't know if it was an angel, we don't know, it just says he had been told that whoever he sees the Holy Spirit descending and remaining on, that he's the one. And so John is saying, I saw it myself and I testified this, this is the Son of God. I was told that whoever I witnessed the, the Holy Spirit descend upon and remain, that he is the one and, and that's him. Do you see the humility? Do you see the faithful humility? Even in his humility, he's faithful to the truth that he knows, to pointing other others, people who are seeking the Messiah, pointing to him. And then we have a continuation of this. Again, the next day, John was standing with two of his disciples. So you have to know that John the Baptist had his own disciples, right? He had those that were following him. And the next day, he is standing with his disciples. And it says he looked up as Jesus at Jesus as he walked and said for the second time, Behold the Lamb of God. So now John the Baptist has his disciples with him. Jesus is walking. And John the Baptist, for a second time, says to his disciples, Behold the Lamb of God. In other words, that's, that's him. He's the one. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. And that was as it should be. That was the point. Remember, he knew his role, right? To prepare and to point. There was a time when John the Baptist had all of these people following him and coming out to him. And he was baptizing them and he was proclaiming repentance, right? But there came a time when Jesus showed up, the bridegroom he talks about, when the bridegroom came, that it was time for them to follow Jesus and not John. The time came. And we have this, if you will, then skip over to John 3.30, which is a powerful passage in my mind. And it is actually my life verse. And it's not part of our passage for the M&M, but it fits in beautifully here. It's another, uh, it's referred to in my Bible, beginning in verse 22, as John's last testimony. But they arose all these discussions with John. And again, he says in verse 28, you yourself are my witnesses that I have said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent ahead of him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. So this joy of mine has been made full. 
In other words, John the Baptist says, look, the bridegroom's here. And when I hear his voice, I, I, my joy is made complete because that's him. And I'm his friend. I went before him, right? And then he says this, John 3, 30. He must increase and I must decrease. In other words, John is saying, I've done my job. I've done my job. I prepared the way just like I was supposed to. And I pointed other people to him. He must increase and I must decrease. This is the powerful example that we get from John the Baptist. And I just want to ask you a few questions. Who or what are you preparing for? This was John's job. And it's your job and it's my job to make sure we're preparing ourselves for the return of the bridegroom. Are you doing that? Are you preparing your heart and your mind? How are you doing that? Are you doing it daily? Are you spending time getting to know him? Are you keeping your heart pure? Are you walking in repentance and confession? Who or what does your life point to? As John the Baptist is our example, we are supposed to be prepared and to point others to Jesus. Do we make our lives all about us? Or do we intentionally point people to Jesus over and over and over? Do we say he's the one, follow him? Moms, moms, here's the clincher one. Do we realize that as we raise our children in the fear and the admonition of the Lord, that there comes a time when he must increase and we must decrease? Mom, it's got to be about Jesus. We have the task, the very real task, to prepare our children's hearts for him, to teach them diligently about him, right? To point them daily to him. But ultimately, mom, he must increase and you and I must decrease and take our roles as we launch our children as prayer warriors. We move from preparers to pointers to prayer warriors as we release our kids into God. I'll see you for part three next time. Thank you listeners for joining us. If you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening. And while you are there, can you leave us a rating or a review? This just helps us to get the message out to other moms that need to be encouraged in their roles as mothers today. If you have a question, we invite you to send it to rachelcarmen.com forward slash podcast. And while you're there, you can access Rachel's wonderful resources and real refreshment, the online community. Moms, more than ever, we really do need each other. We need to be challenged and we need accountability in the word. I hope you will join us and we'll catch you in the next episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. We hope to better equip you to be salt and light for your community. Uh, We hope that we can help you to go out and be a reflection of Jesus Christ to those around you, uh, to your friends and your family, and especially to those that do not know Christ. 
To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.